Welcome to the Nine Moms Podcast. My name is Phineas and this is my mama's podcast and, and here she is. Hi everyone, my name is Lisa and welcome to the Nine Months Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This is a platform for parents to share their journeys to becoming just that, to becoming parents and sharing the stories of the birth of their children. So hopefully this platform can can be a support for you. Maybe you're on a journey to becoming a parent. Maybe you've had children already and just love listening in to the beauty of childbirth stories. But for whoever you are, I hope you enjoy and I hope this brings you as much joy as it brings me. So let's get into today's story. Hi, Sasha, and welcome to the Nine Months Podcast. Hi. Hi. <laughs> we know each other from from a long time ago. I think I was a teenager last time that we met. Yeah, almost, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and we've reconnected here with um with our birth stories. So thank you for trusting me with your story today. Um would you like to start by introducing yourself and your family and maybe a little bit about what you do and where in the world you are at at the moment? Sure. Yeah, so my name is Sasha and um, I live in Stockholm, Sweden with uh, my husband and our one-year-old daughter. And uh, this is also where I gave birth to my daughter, which we will come to. <laughs> uh, I work as a teacher um, with youths who have intellectual and uh, physical disabilities. So that's a little about me. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start then with your journey to becoming pregnant. Did you guys plan to have a baby? And um, how did you find out that you were pregnant? Yeah, so um, we've been a couple for about five years. And uh, initially, we weren't sure if we were going to have a baby. Um, we talked back and forth uh, if it was right for us. And yeah, so it was it was really planned when we finally decided to have a baby (laughs) Uh, and uh, yeah so we started um, trying in the the summer of 2018 and uh, I'm not a very patient person (laughs) so so I really wanted to you know I I wanted it to work out right away and uh, it didn't Um, and uh, we tried for about seven months and then uh, I could pregnant and we were excited of course and then just two weeks later I got a miscarriage and that was a hard blow for us and um, um, but then I, I I talked to my husband about it and said okay maybe we should get a checkup and see if you know if everything is okay with us you know if, if we can have a baby and so we started this um, um, well, we we contacted a gynecologist and uh, he checked everything with me, you know, the fallopian tubes and the uterus and everything. And uh, everything checked out well. And uh, then we didn't, uh, my, my husband didn't do a checkup because before that <laughs> uh, I found out that I was pregnant. Um, so uh, that was a big surprise to me because 
for some reason, I just felt that, okay, it's going to take a long time for us to get pregnant again. Um, but then I, at the end of January, I felt uh, a bit off. This is kind of hard to explain. I felt, um, yeah, I felt something. And uh, I also felt tired and, you know, my, my boobs started hurting and I was like, okay, but maybe I'll have my, my um, period or something. But then one morning I woke up at the beginning of February and I just felt that I should maybe take a pregnancy test. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I did and uh, yeah, it was positive. <laughs> and I was like, what? Um, oh, that's exciting. And, uh, yeah, it was really exciting. And so I w- went into the the bedroom and I woke my husband up and and uh, he was kind of what what's happening <laughs> and uh, yeah so I told him and he said wow yeah it's a good thing of um, bought a car seat for the baby you know yeah so uh, we were happy of course and um uh, yeah, the first trimester was okay. I I didn't have any, you know, um, yeah, I was just fatigued and I had nausea and that was it, you know. And then I um, I went to this uh, midwife because in Sweden you were assigned a midwife that you go to during your entire pregnancy. Uh, so I went to her, uh, and in week 10, she, she could see that I had, um, oh, um, a low level of, um, thyroid hormone, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I had to take a medicine for that. Is that called, I had that too. It's called, I forgot it now, like hypo, hypothyroidism. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. When it's, yeah, so oh, when you have the low levels. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, it doesn't affect the mother much, but um, it does affect the baby. So that's why I had to take the medicine. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, so that was fine. And then uh, in week 17, that's when I started feeling pain in my pelvic area. Um, And initially it was okay, but up until that point, I had been able to work out a couple of times a week. But then in week 17, the pain started to bother me a lot. And that's when I didn't work out anymore. <laughs> did, did somebody advise you or did your doctor or midwife advise you to stop? Or did you just feel like, oh, it's time to stop? No, I just felt, yeah, I felt that it was time to stop this. Um, right. Uh, I felt my body was telling me not to do it because mm-hmm. it hurt so much. And uh, yeah, so I didn't really do anything about it um, up until week 28 or something. That's when it was really painful. I mean, it was painful during those weeks up until then too. But um, I just, I don't know. I I just accepted the pain somehow. Right. And uh, early on, I, I had these thoughts um about giving birth at home but uh i did some research on on the internet and um i also asked my midwife and she said that in um, sweden they don't recommend 
first-time moms to give birth at home due to the risks that and um, most first-time moms they tend to have very long labor very long labor so she said that um, it wasn't financed by the state if you wanted to give birth at home Uh, and in that case you would have to finance it yourself Mm -hmm. and that costs about two thousand three hundred dollars or more because you have to hire two midwives Uh, okay and how can i can i just ask because i haven't um given birth in sweden even though i am swedish (laughs) but um (laughs) is it is it just midwives that take care of you do you see a doctor in sweden at all or is it just midwife care all the way to birth yeah so um when you find out you're pregnant you are assigned i mean you can choose from between different clinics and in the clinics the, there are mainly uh, midwives and they um, you have one midwife assigned to you during the entire pregnancy up until birth and in uh, if you choose to give birth at a hospital there will be other midwives there um, who work specifically in the hospital so since we didn't want to pay this uh, um, we didn't want to pay midwives to come to our house. Um, so we decided to have a hospital birth instead. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, choose, we chose one closest to our home because there are several, <coughs> several hospitals in Stockholm. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so in week 12, we had our first ultrasound because in Sweden you can have an earlier ultrasound, and especially if you're over 35, like I was. Uh, And this is just to see if uh, there are different, um, if there's something wrong with the baby or if, because what they told us that if they can see that the child will have a big heart failure or maybe something extremely um, serious with the brain or, you know, something that shows that the child will not survive, then you can make the choice if you want to proceed or not. And, you know, right. but right. Mm-hmm. for us, that wasn't really important. We just wanted to have that extra ultrasound because we had decided already that we, we were gonna, we were gonna keep the baby no matter what. So, um, so that was really special to, <laughs> you know, to see your baby. And my husband said that for him, it was, um, in that moment that it became real for him. Uh, yeah, because I guess for men, it's just so surreal that, okay, there's something growing inside of you. But, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, when, when they we, see the picture and they're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's really there. <laughs> yeah, so that was a little bit about, yeah, the first trimester. And as I said, it was those issues with my pelvic girdle pain. I think that's the correct term. You mentioned week twenty eight. Did did something change in week twenty eight with the with the pain or? No, it's just that at that time I felt that it was hard to handle on my own. I felt I needed some professional to consult a professional, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I contacted a physiotherapist who was specialized in women and especially pregnant women. And uh, so she examined me and she gave me some tips on exercises I could do and how to move my body in a safe way so that I wouldn't strain, put a strain on my body. 
mm-hmm. and also how I could position myself uh, when I was going to sleep or things like that. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it helped a little bit, but um, it still hurt. And I didn't really want to take any medicine for the pain. So I just, <laughs> I felt I should just suck it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've heard so many, you know, birth stories and I know that so many other women go through so much more uh, and worse things than me. So that kind of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how I was. I guess sometimes that helps a little bit to, to think like yeah. oh, everyone else has it worse than I yeah. do. I'll suck it up for this time. <laughs> it's funny yeah. how we do that. I, d- I did it too. And it's just like, well, maybe we just... You know, when we ask for help, sometimes it helps actually too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. So, should we jump into your into your birth story itself? Then? Yeah. Um, when when did it start? When did you know that you were you were going into labor? So I was due um, October third, and um, that day came and went. <laughs> sort of, um, you know, I. And just, I think the, those days were the longest days of my life, um, the days that followed, because I was at that point huge. I had, since I was um, on sick leave the two last months of uh, my pregnancy because of the pain, <clears throat> I had been at home and, you know, back to October 3rd, it came and went, and just 10 days. Later, I asked the midwife to be induced, and she said, "Okay, yeah, I can schedule you for uh, next Friday." And she talked about um, October eighteenth, and uh, so I, you know, I talked to my belly. Okay, can you hear me in there? <laughs> I'm telling you, if you don't get out now, <laughs> they're gonna evict you on Friday, and um, and. Uh, I think she heard me. Yeah. <laughs> because, uh, Tuesday, fifteenth of October, I felt the first contraction uh, in the afternoon, and I I had had cramps. I think you call them cramps um, throughout the last mm, few months of my pregnancy, and I knew that this feeling was different because it really had uh, like a peak, and then it subsided. And it was really clear from the beginning that okay, I've I'm in labor now, <laughs> so the pain was um, it was manageable in the beginning. I would say. And um, I called my husband who was at work and just told him that okay, everything is, has started. And he's like, oh, should I come home? I said, no, no, no. <laughs> things are under control. It's just it might be good for you to know <laughs> that it has started. And then, and then, yeah, so the afternoon and evening, it was, um, they came and went and they were still manageable. I mean, they hurt, but it was, yeah, <laughs> doable. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And then I didn't sleep very well, but um, I could doze off in between the contractions. And then on the Wednesday, I, yeah the day continued like the day before with contractions and 
now we come to <laughs> the part that I'm, I'm confused about because uh, my water broke two times. Oh. Uh, and I don't even know if this is possible, but it it was like a flush on me. <laughs> uh, because one happened in the afternoon and the other one at night. Um, and it was this clear fluid and it smelled like the ocean water. So I knew that it wasn't pee. <laughs> um, yeah. I think somebody's told me actually that they had that happen to them and their midwife had told them that when the water breaks, the baby like drops and then the baby's head gets sort of in the way of the water. And then when the baby moves, the water, the rest of the water comes out or something like that. It's just something that I've heard, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or if it breaks twice. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> anyway, go on. Sorry. Side note. <laughs> yeah. No, so, yeah. So the second time, that's when the, the contractions got really intense. I mean, they intensified after that. Um, so that was during dinner and I just, I couldn't finish my dinner. I, <laughs> I went back to the bedroom where I had spent most of the day and it felt like I was in my cave <laughs> in there. So I, I didn't want anyone near me. So my husband was in the living room and every time I had a contraction, I yelled contraction. And he said, okay. And he had this app <laughs> that he used <laughs> to, <laughs> to keep, keep track of my contractions how long they were it was like contractions okay stop okay <laughs> and that was our <laughs> entire communication <laughs> that day um i don't know we we just wanted to <laughs> be in control i guess mm -hmm. and um, so i was mostly in my in my bedroom or in the shower because i really felt that hot showers was really good uh, against the pain like a pain relief and uh the pain was mainly in in the front um like on my stomach my in the area of my uterus i guess but nothing on my back i think at 10 30 p.m that's when uh, i felt okay i i need some assistance more than just my husband uh and i mean i had been able to you know breathe my way through the contractions and i've I've done meditations many years, so I think that kind of helped to just focus on yourself and your breathing. And it was like I, I couldn't even tell what was going on <laughs> in the rest of the world. Yeah. It was just me. <laughs> so, okay, at 10:30 p.m., I felt that okay, we're gonna we need to call the hospital, and uh, so we did. And the midwife that we talked to said that okay, you're welcome to come in if you want to but I can't promise you that you'll get to stay um, and that's a very common thing here in Sweden that they tell you that um, because there because there are not a lot of uh, I don't know room for uh, women giving birth it's uh, oh, yeah. they want it to be I think it's three centimeters open or more uh, if they're gonna let you stay and I knew that and I wasn't sure how far along I was. And uh, in my mind, it was just, it felt difficult to get into that car and drive there and then find out that you were going to have to go home again. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, I said, okay, it is painful and I really want to come, but 
No, I'm gonna stay home a bit more and I'll call back in an hour or two. And then we hung up and uh, I, <laughs> I felt that maybe I should go to the bathroom because I've been constipated for about two days or something and I just <laughs> freaked out <laughs> at the thought that I would have to, you know, uh, poop all over the hospital bed and yeah that's a common fear isn't it <laughs> and my husband and everyone there and yeah it yeah didn't feel good so I went into the bathroom yep. <laughs> and I was there uh, it seemed like forever and uh, it felt like a sauna in there because you know it's a very small bathroom and I was just uh I it's hard now to explain this feeling because I felt my vagina stretching out. I don't know if this is the correct term, but but uh, and I also felt the strong need to poop. But even though this is a mystery to me, even though I had heard so many birth stories about okay, when you want to poop, that might be <laughs> that the baby's coming up. <laughs> knowledge was just gone from my head <laughs> uh, because I was so focused <laughs> on me <laughs> on the moment and what was going I love on. that <laughs> and uh, yeah so I gave up after about 45 minutes or something and got out of there and I heard my husband was in the kitchen so I went there and, um, and I felt the next uh, you know urge to poop but I, I, since my husband was next to me, I was like, okay, now can you go to the living room, please? Um, just go. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, because I didn't want to poop in front of him. Um, right. <laughs> and so I was there, um, but I was uh, holding my hands on the top of the stove <laughs> and just taking the next contraction. And then I felt something bulging out of, of me it was on the way out of my vagina and still i didn't make the connection uh, and i just i put my hand in my vagina and when i took my fingers out i saw this um, white substance that's on the baby's head i don't know what's, what it's called but uh, it's like a fat layer of fat on the baby when it comes out so yeah so i saw that on my fingers and that's when it hit me. The baby's coming out. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, but I pan panicked for about a second, but then I just shut everything. I, I don't know. Shut every emotion down, off. I don't know. <laughs> um, and uh, I think I think the adrenaline rush just did that for me. And I, you know, told my husband very calmly. Okay, I can feel the head coming out. <laughs> and he heard me from the living room and came into the kitchen. I said, okay, who should I call? <laughs> um, call, okay, um, call for an ambulance. Okay, so he went to get his headset. And, um, and uh, <laughs> I had a thought, okay, uh, I can't stay here by the stove. I'm going to hit my head in the, I don't know, you call it a fan, the the one on top yeah mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I moved to the kitchen counter <laughs> because all the other rooms they were <laughs> hundreds of miles away <laughs> that's the feeling I had 
so I just uh, put my hands on the countertop and I stood there <laughs> and uh, just focused and um, my husband came back and he uh, had called uh, and talked to the ambulance operator and uh, this person told him to go get a towel um, so that if the baby would come out before the ambulance, um, before the um, paramedics mm-hmm. uh, would arrive, then uh, my husband would be able to get get a better grip of the baby when it comes mm-hmm. out, if you have a towel. Yeah. So I did that, and uh, yeah, my thoughts were just, okay, this is happening. Um, you can only breathe your way through this. <laughs> Because there's, there's no stopping this. Um, and just try to hold back as much as possible. But uh, on the other hand, let your body do its thing. So, I mean, uh, I was very focused in that moment. And just, I didn't feel scared or anything. I just, this is what you have to do. So just do it. And uh, I think, I mean, my husband has, has said that it was his, thoughts as well then you just okay this is happening you're doing it just yeah was he calm as well because you seem like super calm yeah you were both very calm (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah because i think we're the same (laughs) uh, type of people that we just when things like this happen you just okay (laughs) no we're gonna do this that's wonderful i'm at the edge of my seat here (laughs) (laughs) yeah so he was, he went down on his knees behind me and he was holding his hand um, on my vagina. So in, in case the head would mm. come out, um, yeah, he, he would just try to stop it. I don't know. Um, but uh, I felt the first, he was talking to the uh, operator and I just, I felt the first um, urge to push and uh this is just such a powerful thing because you can't hold back. <laughs> it's just this, uh, it just takes over and uh, I couldn't hold back. I just, it was like, <laughs> like this primal sound and I just let it happen. And, and I, it's so surreal because I could hear, hear my um, husband say what he saw to the operator. And I was like, okay, I can see the top of the head. And uh, then the next urge to push came, and he said, okay, I can see the eyes, the nose, <laughs> okay, the head is out. <laughs> um, and then the operator asked, okay, is the umbilical, umbilical cord around the neck? And um, he said, no, no, everything is, is okay. And uh, <laughs> the baby was screaming uh, oh, with wow. the head out. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, at that point, we didn't know it was a girl, but... Yeah, so she uh, screamed from the top of her lungs. So that was good to hear. And um, yeah, so the, these there were two pushes. And then the third push, um, the body came out. And uh, my husband grabbed her with a towel and then put it around her. And I was like, oh, hi, 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 baby, hi, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's, a, it's a Greta, it's a girl. Uh. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I was like, <clears throat> still very calm. I'm just, okay, I turn around and I could see that her eyes were going in different directions. I was like, oh, she's going to be cross-eyed. I, I think you call it. 
<laughs> okay, back to so she was out, and um, we heard that the ambulance, uh, uh, well, the paramedics had uh, arrived. So my husband had to go downstairs, I mean, five floors, to um, open the door because it. So he had to hand me the baby, and my umbilical cord was kind of short, so I had to, you know, get down on, on knees <laughs> on the floor <clears throat> to grab her. And then, yeah, so that moment was just so so special, even when you hold your baby for the first time, and mm-hmm. and uh, there was blood and water everywhere, and <laughs> and uh, she was screaming, and but uh, yeah, so. I was just holding her there and they came up and then we had to move to the uh, bedroom. So I had to walk with very small steps behind him since the umbilical cord was so short. Um, while, um, so one of the paramedics, he held the baby and I was walking after him. And then, uh, yeah, so they cut the cord and... Uh, I got to breastfeed a few minutes and then we went down to the ambulance. And uh, no, oh yeah, I forgot one thing because um, I really wanted to shower before we left. Um, so I got to do that. And that's when I started shaking and crying from the shock. And just uh, that's when I realized everything that had happened. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. And uh, yeah. So we did you deliver the placenta at home as well or no did you go uh, to the hospital and actually they asked me to not have any underwear uh, when we went with the ambulance because they said that maybe the placenta will come during the ride and uh, <clears throat> it didn't um, we could go all the way to the hospital and the midwives <laughs> they had to push on my stomach and this was the most painful thing during my entire labor um, when they pushed on my stomach and uh, I felt like they used their entire body weight <laughs> on me. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it came out and uh, <clears throat> uh, everything was fine. We um, stayed there a couple of days and um, uh, our daughter was doing well and uh, we were doing well as well. You know, we uh, didn't feel that it was a trauma that we had been through. It felt more like a really big <laughs> event. <laughs> and yeah. uh, because they asked us if we wanted to see a therapist or, you know, talk to someone. And we said, no, we talked to each other and we, we talked to everyone we know. And this is, yeah. this is going to take time to process. And if we need to talk to someone, we're going we're gonna to deal with that later. <laughs> Oh, that's nice that they offer it anyway. Yeah. Sweden's very good at that, aren't they? I think so. It's support. Mm. uh, I hear both good and bad stories. So, I mean, um, but we had, we were lucky. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. (laughs) Cool. So how was uh, postpartum then and coming home and breastfeeding and all all of it? Yeah, it was uh, overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. um, the breastfeeding part was really important to me, and that's why we wanted to stay a bit extra at the hospital because I wanted to consult with them on how to hold my daughter and um, so that she would latch. And, um, 
but uh, it didn't really work that well for us. Uh, I, um, I don't know, we just struggled with breastfeeding and uh, we ended up giving her formula half the time and then I breastfed as much as I could. And, but it was really a struggle. And after about four months, I gave it up entirely. And that really was good for me because I felt this is uh, something that affects me really, um, affects me in a bad way. And it, I felt that if it affects me badly, it affects her badly right. because I felt that it was bad for our relationship um, between mother and daughter. So, right. um, so when I decided not to breastfeed anymore, that's when I could really just, it was like I could finally breathe and just mm-hmm. uh, really focus on just being with her and um, yeah. And um, I don't know, it was, you know, the nor- <laughs> normal stuff. I don't know, <laughs> it feels like normal stuff, the sleep deprivation. And, you know, I, I felt so, I don't know, annoyed with people who said, you know, sleep when the baby sleeps, because we didn't have a baby that slept that much. <laughs> um, she would only sleep on our chest during the night. So one of us had to be on the sofa with her. Um, so she would lay on top of one of us, and the other one was in the bedroom sleeping. Um, and then she would, during the day, she would only sleep uh, outdoors in the in the stroller. <laughs> so, I know these babies. My babies yeah. were like babies too. <laughs> yeah, I know so, that. <laughs> you know, I just if one more person tells me to sleep when the baby sleeps, I'm going to. You know, hit that person. Yep. No, but yep. that's how I felt. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, but other than that, I mean, I was, uh, my sister gave birth to her son just uh, six weeks after me. So I was lucky enough to have someone uh, close to me that I could share this postpartum um, time with. And then, um, you know, we would talk a lot. And um, yeah. I mean, the body needs time to heal. And for me, I was lucky enough to get rid of the the pain from the you know pelvic issues um, just during the first week or two. Um, and I know other women have difficulties much longer than that, so I was very thankful. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it was overwhelming, but it, after three four months, I felt that it it got easier and better and it was like <laughs> you yeah. know oh i can <laughs> it not see the light again that's <laughs> so like, you know, i know what you mean <laughs> though <laughs> i can see the light again <laughs> yeah oh, you know uh, we slept a bit better and you know yeah. we we had gone better at everything i think <laughs> yeah yeah and may i ask as well um, about maternity leave and stuff like that. I know that fathers can be home in Sweden and be paid and all of these things. I know a lot of people always ask me about that and I'm not so sure because again, I'm Swedish, but I haven't given birth there. So I don't really know how it works, if you don't mind. No, I don't mind. Um, yeah, so I think you have, 
I'm not going to say 100%, but uh, 480 days. Uh, and you can, um, 90 days. Um, okay, so the woman has 90 days that uh, she cannot give to the, to the partner and vice versa. So you have 90 days that are uh, only yours. And then the rest of the days you can decide um, who, who stays home and, you know, who works. And so we decided that we were going to split it 50-50. So, um, so my husband is home now and has been since she was seven months old. And um, it has worked well for us. And since I didn't breastfeed at that point, it, uh, it was a very smooth transition for us. Right. And uh, yeah, so it's yeah, it's a really good system, and um, it's uh, really good for the baby to have. I mean, I I can see um, that my daughter and my husband have a really close relationship, and uh, yeah, thanks to him being home with her. Yeah, Sweden's good at that, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, wonderful. Is there or are there any references or anything that you'd like to? share with the listeners anything you used yeah i mean i'd say that if breastfeeding is uh, important to you then uh, read up on it <laughs> beforehand or i mean take a class a workshop or something about it uh, before you give birth because i didn't and maybe that um, had an effect on the i i would have <laughs> yeah um other than that i mean i uh, watched a lot of documentaries and I watched uh, videos on YouTube and uh, also read books. Uh, there's one book and unfortunately it's not uh, translated into English but it's called At Föda. <laughs> I'm speaking to the Swedish speakers of Gudumbana, Abaskal, At Föda. And uh, the other book that I read uh, it has been translated into English and it is called, let's see here, Confident Birth. And uh, the author is Susanna Healy. So, and then in that book, it's a lot about uh, different techniques, uh, um, breathing techniques, for example, or the power of positive thinking, um, the words that you use during your labor, how it can affect uh, your labor. So it's really interesting reading mm -hmm. and I would also want to recommend uh, watching One Born a Minute um, it's something that I learned a lot from it's uh, actually uh, a British uh, TV show from the beginning but uh, you can find it on YouTube so um, and it's about couples yeah so you can follow couples during pregnancy and uh, when they're giving birth you know, in birth, uh, you say birth clinics? Birth, birth centers, units? maybe? Birth mm -hmm. centers, thanks. Or hospital, whatever they choose. Also home births. And, oh, yeah, that's great. Different. That's great. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write all of these down and maybe you can send them to me after and, and we will put all of them on your show notes page as well so people can find all of these um, easily. All right, Sasha, thank you so much for sharing your birth story. You had me really 
um, mm. at the edge of my seat there wondering <laughs> what was going to happen. <laughs> so thank you for sharing. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks again, Sasha, for coming on and sharing your birth story with us here today. If you are listening in and you'd like to reach out to Sasha with any questions or anything, please feel free to send me a message at the nine months podcast, where as usual, the number nine is a number nine at gmail.com. And I'll be happy to forward her any messages received from there. If you like what you're listening to, please feel free to go into your podcast app wherever you like to listen to these stories and give me a little review or a little star rating. That would be really kind. And if you'd like to share your story on the podcast, just go to the website 9monthspodcast.com, fill in the contact form and you'll hear from me soon. Thank you guys for tuning in this week and I'll see you or you'll hear from me next week. 